Hello people, welcome back to the podcast. This week I'm back again with a solo episode. I haven't done one since I've done my whole experience on therapy and why I went. So hopefully this one, well it will, it'll be a bit more cheery. There can be, people have been messaging me saying, oh listen to that one and I'm like, why, why have you done that to yourself? I've probably ruined the rest of your week. So this one will be a bit more entertaining hopefully. And listen, I know the whole sobriety thing and stopping drinking is a trend. I know it gets loads of views on social media. I'm no daft. Why do you think I've probably made one too many videos on the subject? But I haven't done a podcast episode on drinking since about a month into me stopping or two months into me stopping. So I feel like I'm now I'm now long enough into it that I can actually say like I've been sober for a long time. How many days is it? 230 days. I, I can give my bloody opinion, right? And I can rack up the views for doing so without getting judged. And also, it was a disclaimer. I know, like, I know what I'm, I know. I'm no daft, you know? Um, Before we get into the episode, I'll tell you, because I'm going to split it up into parts like I do with my solo podcast sometimes. It's not only that it's hard to talk for an hour. Well, actually, no, I can I can bloody talk for an hour straight without taking a break. But we will all, we will end up in a dark, dark hole and I will forget what the whole podcast was about. So I split it up and the subjects so we bloody stay on topic, okay? Um so the what I'm gonna split it up into is why did I stop? Then the next subtopic is, has it been difficult? Is it? That sounds shite. That doesn't sound very interesting. Um, the next one is going to be the benefits. Um, little um, teaser. There's a lot of misconceptions of what I was led to believe of how I was going to feel from stopping. Socialising without alcohol, maybe if you maybe sprinkle that with some tips, but more just like my experiences and then the big the big one, the teaser, because I stopped for a year. I stopped on the 1st of January. My goal was the year. And the last subtopic will be, will I ever drink again? Um, so before we get into the episode, if, you could, if you're on Spotify, if you could rate the podcast, YouTube, like and subscribe. The podcast is out every single bloody Tuesday. I need to stop saying bloody. I can say fucking. I'm allowed to say fucking on my own podcast yeah every tuesday seven in the morning this is your new podcast enjoy the show why did i stop well you know being from glasgow as there's a massive massive drinking culture and i've already annoyed myself because that was one of well, that's one of the things that infuriates me since doing this is people will say i can't like stop drinking cause insert place they're from right people like irish people be like i'm irish we like do you know what it's impossible for us over here we definitely drink as much as you do you know what like irish and scottish people love to like hate on the english have you met english people those cunts drink a lot like a lot and the only difference is they're more annoying than us when they drink do you know what I mean? That's the only like thing that we're actually winning. We're way less annoying and way sounder. Um, I, every time I, I I slip these in, I get, 
yeah, it's just cheap hating on the English. Well, do you know what? I'm a cheap bastard, so I like to get my wee cheap jokes in every now and then. But anyway, yeah, people will be like, insert different area. The worst one is there's a massive drinking culture in Australia as well. People were also like, yeah, it'll be easier in Australia. Anyone that's been on a working holiday visa in Australia will know that is probably the time. Your first six months in Australia is probably the time you've consumed the most alcohol in your whole entire life. So we also know that's bollocks. Also, Aussies that say they've, they drink more than people from the UK or Ireland. Yeah, absolutely don't. So this is what I mean, why I have to stay on topics, right? I've, I don't know where I'm going already, but I've just something's just popped into my head. I was traveling with two of my best mates in Dublin and Asia, and this is probably when I did consume the most amount of alcohol I ever have. Um, and there was these two Aussies just the traveling. I love Aussies, right? I've, I've became way more accustomed to to them the second time I lived in Australia because I hung about with Aussies more because I was trying to stay away from people that were on visas because I was thinking about maybe staying. Um, so I do love Aussies, but the ones that were, I didn't like any of them that I met traveling in Asia. They'd done my fucking head in. But there was these two Aussies that were like, they, they kept on just staying in the same hostels as us. And they were, they would just always try like, they were like, I, I'm not going to try. Yeah, mate. We're gonna out drink ya. You know, they were like they were just trying to compete with us drinking all the time. And then there was one night we were in a place in Vietnam and they came up to us at the very end and this is like after two weeks so they're like constantly like just try to like buy more shots than us. And we weren't this was a competition they were having that we weren't in. Like we would just be like, fuck off. And but they would always be like, Ah, we, we were more drunk than you last night. Like, well done, mate. I, d I can't remember a single thing um, and I don't remember being involved in this competition. I remember them two coming up to us one night when we'd been out on the piss all night and we'd we'd stole two Viagras out one of their out one of their like wee pouches they had for no reason and uh, they came up to us in the middle of the night and we'd just we had this bet. Why am I telling this story? We had this bet that me and my other mate from Dublin, whoever whoever took the Viagra at any point, no matter what was happening, the other one had to take the <laughs> the Viagra as well. So James had been getting with this uh, Australian girl, ironically. This is about five or six years ago, by the way. And um, he... And like, I, I wasn't getting with anyone. We were in the middle of nowhere. We were in a hostel that was just the only play, the only thing in the town was the hostel. And uh, he looks at me and goes, Oi, Gav, you're up. And I was like, Ah, shit. Um, like there's, I'm literally just going to. So he, he'd popped a Viagra and I'd popped one, knowing that I was just going to sit in my bed with a, a fucking, you know. You know what happens after Viagra with eight other people in the room, and for no good reason, and we'd we had pulled our pants down and we're comparing, you know, each other's stuff to see if it was working yet. And the Aussie guy came out. He was trying to like he'd been two weeks where he's trying to out drink us and out weird us, and like we don't need to try, you know, we're we're just weird people. So Aussies, where was my point? Yeah, Aussies. You just don't stop trying to compete with other people at how much you drink. 
One, you're wrong, and two, nobody cares, and we certainly don't care. Anyway, so I'd been sober curious for a while, as you as you can probably tell. I up from like sixteen to twenty five, I was a massive binge drinker. Back home, I would have been out every weekend mostly. Um, all my sort of friend groups had um like derived around drinking and after so i'm 28 now and i basically moved home from australia when i was 25 and i started pt after all of that story you probably think that's the last job you should end up in son um but i'd at 25 i remember waking up hungover i'd also i by the way I know this is a drinking episode and I, I wasn't bad for drugs, but just on my 25th birthday, I happened to have took some, you know, ketamine and get put to bed. Um, again, no, people are probably going to listen to this. I've never really spoke about drugs that much. Never been that bad for drugs. Just happened to have taken taken some ket on my 25th birthday. Um, and I woke, I remember waking up and I just, it was locked down as well. And I just, I wasn't arsed about drinking anymore. We'd spent every weekend through lockdown for the first four months of it whilst in Sydney just drinking with the same people, hearing the same stories, hearing the same breakup stories, listening to the same music, and I was just like, I'm so over this. And that was like two or three years ago. Then when I came home, I started PTing properly. I think I'd done like four months without drinking purely because I was back in with my dad. There was nothing open and I'd didn't see the point in drinking in the house like I was never one for just having like two beers in the house so I'd had little phases where I'd maybe I was maybe coming away from the idea of like drinking my life revolving around drinking which it definitely did up until I was 25 everything around I've involved around when is my next pint sort of and at the same time I wasn't addicted I, I was a social drinker I would have never, it wasn't like when is my next drink on my own, it's like when's my next drink as in going out um, and then so even though I was feeling like that from 25 to 27 every time I sort of drank I didn't really want to drink whether I used it for dates or whether because all my friend groups revolved around drinking I got dragged into drinking. People tend to not really accept that you don't want to drink, and I just wouldn't really say that I don't want to drink. Um, I would, I would do a lot of things to try to get out of it, and but every time I was waking up hungover, I would hate myself for it because I just completely didn't really want to drink anymore. So I'd been watching loads of videos about being a uh, sober. Like, I was sober curious, so I'd watched quite a lot of videos. Not one of them sold me on it, really. Um, and then I was in Bali. So I went to Bali for three weeks. I drank, on the third night there, I drank three beers. I had a, three or four, I think it was three. I had a headache the full next day. Uh, couldn't do any of my work, so I was working out there as well. Um... And I was just like, this is so not worth it, ever. But for me, it just isn't worth it. And then 
also met so i was with a boy called aaron out there who's a pt then we met brad who's been on the program um the program <laughs> this is bbc news reporting live from gavin's podcast um i were with brad a lot as well who has been on the podcast not the program and they too were like aren't really big drinkers so they were the first people that ever were sort of going out with where they they weren't drinking and i was like oh i've actually just went out i went on a dance floor sober with them as well so like after bali i was like that was november i was like right full of 2023 i'm not gonna have a single drink um yeah that was pretty much how i came to that conclusion on why i really stopped and wanted to stop drinking right so has it has it been difficult because the reason I wanted to make this now and not after the year is every sort of month that goes by, it's because I'm so into it. And like, I, I just, I, like right now, if you, like the last thing I want is a pint right now. Um, so the longer that goes by, the the less I feel like I'm going to be able to actually speak to speak about this and know how I was feeling. Like, cause January for me, I can't really remember. Like, genuinely, right now, what did I have for dinner last night? My dad uh, made some mince and potatoes, but usually I don't remember. I sh I should have just pretended, should have you know acted my way out of that one. I mean, I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what I had for dinner last night. But usually, two days ago, don't remember. That's why I'm acting. I'm acting. I had a uh, takeaway. Not in a takeaway, but ordered from Italian. Um, but anyway, I've got a, I've got a memory like a sieve usually. If my dad asked me to get him something from the shop, if I go, if I go, I'm going to the shop, Dad, do you want anything? And he goes, aye, get us some milk and get us some bread. There is a 25% chance that I come back with the milk and bread. And I just go, get whatever I was going to get and then come back. I've got bad memory. So I feel like it's time to try to remember January about if it was difficult. So I had my very last beer. I was on a flight from Perth, but I'm back home now, by the way. If there's people that aren't listening to this, basically I've been I've lived in Australia for the last five years. I've done two years and then I went back for about six or seven months, so less than three years. Went back for about six or seven months just there. I didn't know if I wanted to stay there or not. I've decided I don't want to stay there. Might make a podcast on that itself. Done a wee reel the other day. It went quite well, and I, I would my ego would quite like some more views um, at the moment. So maybe I'll make a podcast on that. So, but that's just for context, right? So I was in Australia. Um, I'd went to Perth for the first time ever. Uh, just before New Year, just before I was going to stop drinking, on the flight back, I got delayed. I was meant to come back 31st in the morning, very early on in the morning. I got delayed all the way until I had to, so I basically had to bring in New Year on a plane now and also spend 200 quid on an Uber back home from the airport, um, which whatever their company's called, Jetstar, fuck yous, cunts, you just absolutely dicked me over, you don't get any compensation for it, F flying, 
got delayed by 12 hours coming into Melbourne um, at 2 in the morning on New Year's isn't cheap. You can't really get Ubers actually either. Um, but I had a few drinks on the plane and I and I was like wrote down I was going to stop drinking and I also wrote down that I was going to go for therapy and I was actually sitting next to a therapist which is why I was like I was writing it all down. Don't know whether this was the whole experience of bringing down, being on a plane in the new year, knowing that you what wanted to go for therapy, speaking to a therapist for like an hour about therapy. I don't know if it was all of that. It was like giving me this feeling like, oh my god, and it being new year, like, oh my god, this is going to be my year. Or it was the fact that I'd had free drinks because those are very similar feelings. You know that like buzzing feeling. That's what I was feeling. I said, like, oh my God, this new year's going to be amazing. These two decisions to go for therapy and stop drinking are going to change my life. But I was also probably just half cut, you know. Um, so at that point, I was pretty confident I'd be able to do it. There was a few people that were like doubting me. But for the six months previous to that, there'd be so many times where I'd be like, I, I regret every time I drink. Now, when I came back to Melbourne, I remember like the first week or two I was trying to, I had friends from before, but I was like going through this whole thing like where I'm like, oh, I might try stay here again. It's just so difficult. So I was like, oh, I need to get new mates. And I was a bit overwhelmed. So I started throwing myself into like these social occasions, which was my whole thing. Like when I was writing stuff down on that plane, it was like I wanted to like, I felt like I'd lost a lot of my confidence going back like PT, not p because I've I done in person as well, but I just spent so much time working on my business that I wasn't really, I hadn't for two or three years, I wasn't meeting anywhere near as much new people as I used to meet. Because I used to, even though I was drunk a lot, I used to go out all the time and it just, I would like, I'd be the type of person as well that I would go and play, if I wanted to play football, if I couldn't find anyone to play. I used to have apps on my phone where I would just go and play with like random people. I'd done that in Melbourne loans. I would just there's like Facebook groups and I just be like, does anyone know any football happening or that? And I'll go play with random people. When I was working in I worked in a pub in Melbourne as well. Sometimes I would serve people that were maybe Scottish. I hang about with a lot. I'll get on with Northern Irish people a lot as well. Like so I'm, I can even relate to them because I've been in fucking Belfast and that fifth like fifty times. I would go out with random people I was serving all day. Like, I would clock off and I'd been serving these people, giving them sly wee free drinks, and then I'd go out with them. So I'm very much like that. But I'd spent two years, yeah, I worked in person for like a year of that. But I'd spent two years where I'm like not really talking to people. So I just felt like I'd lost a lot of my confidence and like my personality almost. So... That's what I was like, I want to like start pushing myself out there and meet new people again. I want to do it sober because I'd realised a lot of my confidence actually came from just having free drinks. So I wasn't actually as confident as I thought I was. So then once I'd removed that and removed the fact that I hadn't been going out and socialising as much, I was like, I wouldn't say socially anxious, but I suppose that's what it is. But I've never really described myself as that type of person because... People that are like, oh, I can't go out because I'm social anxious. I've never had that. I would just be like, maybe f go in a situation, go, I'm not as confident as what I usually am. So I remember like going out 
like a girl I, I was friends with from the previous time in Australia. She was like, do you want to come out? I've got like 20 mates or whatever that like you won't know any of them. Went out with them and I remember going, well, and I wasn't drinking. So I think I spoke to maybe like 10 of them. I remember feeling pretty fucking awkward, man. Not going to lie. I remember being like, oh, this is quite difficult. And then I noticed one of the other girls there wasn't drinking. So I spoke to her about that for like an hour because she'd not drank for like three or four months. Um, and I remember that, but that given me like hope that other people aren't, are also not drinking sometimes and also just was like I remember that being a big thing for me um, I also remember because what one of the other big things was I wanted to go on more dates this year but also do it not drinking I remember the first few dates I went on um the first few dates I went on, like, that was the only time I actually craved alcohol. And I didn't actually crave, like, the pain. I craved the, that, because you do get that little nervous feeling. And even, like, t t like say I, w I went on quite a lot of dates at the start of the year, it does d dim down a bit, but it never, like, fully goes away. It's, it's the same as, an, as I'd imagine, like, if you're a stand-up comedian, I watch a lot of stand-up. I watch a lot of it in person. I still, like, there'll be stand-up comedians that are, like, they've been doing it for, like, 15 years, and I watch them come on stage, and you can see... I, my hands don't shake on dates, but you can see stand-ups. Like, they're, they're still a bit nervous. I don't think that feeling ever goes away, but you, you more have an acceptance of it rather than, like, this shouldn't be here, or I need a pint to, to solve it. But that was the only thing I'd say I found a wee bit difficult because I was so used to like maybe drinking on dates maybe not always getting plastered getting plastered quite a lot but like that's the only thing I remember being hard um but yeah get getting into drinking environments when everyone else is drinking and also yeah meet, meeting new people at the start was a wee bit difficult I think I don't actually I think I forgot that I was going through, I wouldn't say, because it wasn't anywhere near the roughest time of my life at all, I think when I went back to Australia for the first, like, yeah, no, it was, it was difficult. I was going through a wee bit of a rough patch. I'd also, like, I, I just had lost a lot of confidence. I'd been bulking for, like, two years, so I'd been the heaviest I'd ever been since I was a kid. I did feel pretty fat. I'm still, like, I'm 90 kilos now, I got up to 95, and I just didn't feel very confident, and I think that a lot, that does run into a lot of my life, um, so yeah, like, some of it was hard, but like, the idea that like, me having a hard work week and wanting a drink after it, I didn't feel any of that, but it was more like, what I actually wanted to, to achieve this year was difficult, I wanted to get more confident again, and that involved me doing the stuff that I found difficult and it was difficult but it got better and better to be honest um, so yeah I w why, why are we giving this a rating? it was a 5 out of 10 difficulty right now I don't feel like it's difficult not to drink but it's because I didn't just treat it as like let's not drink I was like right let's not drink and work on this that 
has maybe been in my head for a while and I'm struggling with and it needs to get better. That was it. Misconceptions, right. So like I said, I'd wa I was sober curious and I'd watched a lot of videos, even like when I was like maybe six or eight weeks in, I made like these two reels. One was like top 10 tips for stopping drinking or something like that, or top 10 things I've learned from not drinking for like two months. And then the other one was like why I was doing it, I can't remember. There's so many comments like, just wait till you hit three and four months. You're going to feel amazing. Like, you're going to feel on top of the world. Like you're going to feel like you, you can't be stopped and all this. And like, they were like, wait till you, wait till you feel the clarity you get after five months of not drinking changes the brain waves and all this. And I've seen Andrew Huberman's um, stuff on not drinking um, as well, like about how it, you need like a certain amount of time off it to recover, like I think with brain cells and all that. Well, sounds so scientific there, brother. Um, I've not really felt that, to be honest. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't feel like I can take on the world. I don't feel like I've popped a pill and limitless. And to be honest with you, I think that way of thinking it's just a toxic part of human nature. We always think, oh, if I've got 20 grand in my bank, <laughs> why have I said that? That's because that's a thought I have just now. One of the other things I wanted to work on was focus more around my business making money rather than like growing on social media and stuff like that. Um, and also I wanted to, because I was as we bit skint at the start of the year, even though I've done all right since I started doing this, but I went to Bali in Australia and then I changed my whole business around for two months and hardly took on any clients so that it worked all better. So my funds went down pretty low and I was like, right, need a certain amount of money in my back, uh, bank account. But what I'm saying is humans think, right, that will then make my life, like all my thoughts will be so much better after that. Or it's like, right getting a relationship and that like this relationship we glamorize things or what it will do for us and we constantly do it over and over again and we pick different things to do it oh if i just like lose this stone of weight then everything will be better and i'll just be like this happy person i'm i've done it a little bit with drinking i think i think i came in early and like all of those comments didn't help you fucking gaslit me basically that I was going to be this, I was going to fucking take over the fitness industry by not drinking because I was going to, my thoughts were going to be so clear and I was going to be able to work 12 hours straight without fucking breathing. You know, that's not what happens. Um, I still have five hours in me. I have six, five to six hours of good work in me and I'm completely and utterly cunted. I think that's why I couldn't really do any 95 job because see by two o'clock my cap and past my cap of working and you've just forcing three hours out of me now i do work more than five or six hours a day absolutely i'm not gonna lie i do um but what i mean is like the five or six hours is good work see the rest some of it i should probably just call it a day i should probably just go to bed but it's like the wee shitty work um like i might get back to a few dms or 
I'll get back to my clients, but it won't be the form videos, won't be any difficult conversations, and nothing where I need to think, do you know what I mean? It's like wee shitty work after that, or I might get back to the odd me email and just go, nah mate, am I right? That sort of work. But none of that's changed. Um, however, it doesn't mean, this is the benefits, this is the benefits section, I just looked at my notes. Fucking <laughs> sound shite. Um, but yeah, so even though it's not like that, it's stuff in the background you don't under you don't think about, right? So I did write down on my notepad on that plane um, that I think this will be one of the biggest decisions in my life. But you don't think of it like that. But it probably is. It's just not. It's just not this glamorized that I stopped drinking and then everything changed. However. If I look back at the previous two or three years, by track records, I would have maybe, I would have went like six, eight weeks without drinking this year if I didn't say I was stopping just by the nature of how my life was going. But I would have got dragged into it. I reckon I would have got dragged into it 20 times. If I went on holiday a few times, I would have drank. So I wouldn't have drank every, I wouldn't have drank like once a month, but I may have went on holiday, drank three times. Um, and then I maybe the odd one I've, I would have just had a heavy night one time because someone had been like oh it's my birthday I'm turning 29 this is this big event you're 29 mate no one gives a fuck who cares about 29th birthdays oh you got a new job why Danny get cunted because you got a new job no one cares Um, you know that's the sort of way that I feel Um, I'm going away for a year Mom will all get absolutely fucked this is a special occasion it's not it's fucking not. Anyway, so I'd maybe get drunk 20 times. My hangovers post-25 are tra traumatising. I, I feel like I could die at any moment. I remember 26 Scotland, I was 26, Scotland played England, drank all day, I woke up in the fetal position and I was on a 37th floor apartment or flats in London and I the, my windows were like the, the floor of the ceiling so you could see a massive drop and I was like I might actually just try stick the nut in this window and just throw myself off it that's how bad I felt um, and that would have ruined three days of my life so if I had drank 20 times that year I would have lost the hangover definitely and the night before, you're talking two or three days, so you're talking between 40 and 60 days, because I genuinely can't do a single thing when I'm hungover, I can't do any work at all, it's not worth it, and it'll actually stress me out more doing it, so I would have lost like 40, 60 days, now I'm not saying I've, I'm going to have worked all those 40, 60 days, I've actually done probably the most amount of like holidays and stuff I've ever done this year like I went up Australia for 12 days and I was working in between but only tiny bits six days around Scotland this year six days in Queensland that's already like 25 days that's more holidays than I usually take or have took since I started this as a job I mean self-employed quite hard to do stuff like that um, so it's not all being put into work but work's going better it's all more organised 
a um, lot less stressful to run this year. Would I have done? Would would I would I be in that position without stopping drinking? Would I fuck me? My my systems would all still be all over the place. I would be fucking clients would be leaving me because they wouldn't be hearing me for two days after I've maybe been drinking. All of these sort of things come like together. They that that's a ridiculously big change. It's just you don't have this euphoric feeling where you now can do these 12 hour days without a break you're also my levels of happiness right so this is something that i know for a fact a lot of people that are sober curious or have like a drinking problem not a problem as in like they're addicted but like both sides that they're going to be ridiculously happy when you stop drinking absolutely not the case but your baseline of be like basically see how you feel when you haven't drank for five days i feel like that every day why would it be above that you have to ask yourself why why because sometimes a lot of people will quit the not drinking because they haven't reached this elevated level of happiness contentment and productivity but realistically the 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 feeling I have is the exact same feeling that I had when I hadn't drank for five days. That's what I constantly feel like. And like, if your life is decent, then that will feel decent. But that's the way I would describe it. it feels decent. Doesn't Life doesn't, th there is no constant elation in life anyway. And we know that, most of us know that based off other things. Like as in like, a, if a relationship fixes everything in your life and makes you happy it's probably gonna go tits up and it's probably you're probably gonna come back down because <laughs> that's any relationship that's like that also probably won't work out because the only reason it can bring you that high up is if you're that low by yourself do you know what i mean so it's there's just gives you that constant baseline but considering how low i was after drinking i'll take the baseline all day long and i I would still call that happiness, but it's only because I would change the definition. For me, even though I'll say the word happy, what I really mean is content, and content's good, especially when you've had... I've never suffered with depression, but I've had bad anxiety, I've had rough patches in life, I've had circumstantial things with family and stuff that have had me through rough patches with anxiety. So when you... When you can actually look back and go, oh, or the good thing is I've maybe wrote notes, not, I wouldn't say a journal every day, but I've wrote maybe like notes or like I've had notepads when I've went through rough patches. I just need to read that because like I read, the only reason I know I was in a wee bit of rough and low spot before I started this when I was on that plane is because I read it back and I was like, oh fuck, I'm like feeling dead unconfident feeling like I need to make these radical changes because I've lost my personality and I can't really speak the way I usually speak when I'm out. I was like, fuck, I was going, I was going through it. And then I remember, fuck, I was actually quite upset when I was writing this down. But I, it makes me appreciate now being content. Does that make sense? Um, there is more benefits in this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. So I should have took a look at my notes. Because I feel like I feel like I've gained this a bit more, like, 
a bit, I'm a bit more stoic without even like, I've never watched a video or read a book on stoicism, I know what it is, but I feel like I've just gained that and it's fucking great, I feel like I just don't expect things to be outrageously class now, I don't go on a night, or no, I don't really go on nights out, but I don't go on a day out or whatever and go on, this ha- like, this has to be unreal, like I'll be happy whatever sort of happens, do you know what I mean? Like I don't go out with these expectations that everything needs to be like this ridiculous laugh that I'm maybe used to, I'll be content with whatever happens. Also, like when I was talking about feeling a bit socially awkward, I don't feel like that's that stops happening, as in like there stops being awkward silences when you meet new people. Um, but I can sort of bask in the awkwardness and it's not like, oh, I need to say something or oh, am I making this awkward? I just kind of, like, my brain just goes, this is normal for, like, you to you and other people in a group setting that don't know each other for you not to 100% click. And that's, like, my brain gets it. Do you know what I mean? And it's probably from pushing myself into those situations a lot more. I don't know if this is other, like, because i never seen anyone on any other sobriety video really go into things like this but it's probably because I treated my sobriety different to other people um, or I like maybe had mixed goals rather than just being sober it was like let's be sober let's get more confident again and I've got work goals as well I suppose um, also the time Oh, aye, and I went for therapy, which I'll probably, I'm probably putting some of this on drinking when therapy was probably the whole reason that I'm more stoic and all that. Um, then, yeah, so the time I got from those, whatever, 40, 60 days also allowed me to go for therapy. Imagine going for therapy hungover. Blech. Oh, that would be awful. Um, but... Allow, it, it gave me the time to do the things that I wanted to do. So even though I don't have this new elevated mood all the time or, and this ridiculous productivity, I have more time to do the stuff that I wanted to work on um, and really get my life to the to the point I wanted it to get to. And I, I, I did reply a few DMs of people that were asking me any tips and like they don't know what to do when they're drinking. I'm like, see everything that's making you want to drink the the time you get back from not drinking and not being hungover, spend that time and money actually that you save, spend that time on money, that time and money on the stuff that you wanted to work on that is maybe the thing that is making you want to drink at the weekend to get away from. Fix that with the time and extra money you have. Fix it. Therapy, there you go. That could be an answer. It was the answer for me. Um, and yeah, the last benefit which I just kind of touched on, money. I didn't really notice at the start because I was making less money and like I said, I was a wee bit skint. But now I'm like not fucking trying to go traveling on all these holidays and I'm in the same place. I'm noticing my savings going up quite a good bit because I'm not buying 15 Jaeger bombs for people. You know, because it's not just about the drink you pay for yourself, which is expensive. It's about all those fucking rounds you buy for people you don't even like. How many people have drank Jaeger bombs for me that I don't like? That I just went to school with or something. Or I fucking haven't seen them in 10 years. Four Jaeger bombs for you, mate. We used to work together on boots. That stops, you know. You don't buy 
four Jaeger bombs for a dispenser and boots that you worked with 10 years ago because you realise that's madness and you don't actually like them anymore or never did. That never even happened. I liked everyone in boots. Or did I? Socialising without alcohol. Right, probably the biggest reason. Well, the biggest thing that was putting me off uh, a bit like why I stayed sober curious instead of sober was like my, my biggest thing right was dating to be honest I was like or meeting girls in general I was like how am I going to do that if I don't drink and I don't go out but all I'm going to be able to do is go on dating apps and even if I do go on the dating apps how am I going to go on dates if I feel like I usually drink on them and then but also like Going out, I'm like, what what, what am I going to do instead? Not that... Yeah, because pretty much any time I would go out, maybe I would drink, even if it was just one or two. So I was like, what am I going to do without that? How do you stand in a pub if you haven't got a drink in your hand? That that was a thought I had. Not even... No, not sorry, a thought I had before. That was thoughts I had the first few times I was in pubs. Like, because I don't want to be constantly drinking water, but then also I don't want to be holding hold nothing in my hands. You can't stand like this in a, in a pub. You look like a fucking... You look like a Jehovah's Witness. Ah, give me some money, please. Excuse me. Give me some money. Um, do you believe in Jesus? I don't even know what Jehovah's Witnesses really do. <sighs> Witness the, the Jehovah's. Um, aye, so... Quite, like... That's the thing that was put me off, feeling a bit awkward. And pubs, what do you even do if you don't go to the pub? So, and also all of the, the thing that was really putting me off was all of the sober videos I was watching with people, they would sit in the fucking house and they'd go, oh yeah, it's pretty hard, but you feel fresh. And I'm like, and they were like, but yeah, you do feel like you want to reach for the wine every night. I'm like, no wonder, mate, if you, like, you... You just told me that you hate your job, then you come back to the house and do absolutely nothing but watch Netflix. I would be scudding two bottles of wine pronto in your situation. So that was putting me off as well. Um, so I, I was like, I'm going to try other things. So I started playing. This is obviously and a privilege of living in Australia at the time. I can happily say that I haven't played beach volleyball once since I've came back from Australia and back into Glasgow. Um but I'd started doing that. There was like a social volleyball thing. I was doing that once or twice a week. I was also still going out. After volleyball people would have a few drinks. See when people are having one or two drinks and you're not, it's sound. That's absolutely fine. Um I would say my opinion has changed from like at the start I was like, oh you can still go out not drinking all that see see unless you're with at least two maybe three people that <clears throat> either aren't drinking or hardly drinking or they can still hold up because you know you get some drunk people that just they still aren't kind of normal when they when they drink unless you've got those people there i have completely changed my mind 
on going to the pub or events, it's fucking tragic if you're the only one that's sober and not being annoying as fuck. It's really tragic. Um, so even like all the, you can give all the tips in the world, right? But see if someone is sitting next to you asking you why you haven't drank or you're not drinking. And like, I don't think people realize how fucking annoying it is, right? Because I, again, I've changed my mind on this because it didn't happen to me that much. Because I, because I, when I was first going out, I was going out with my flatmates. They all knew I wasn't drinking. They wouldn't annoy me. But then when you meet other people that maybe haven't seen you in a while or they don't know you, constantly asking you why you're not drinking, you want to, oh, fuck yeah, what are you talking about? Ask me again. Do you know what I mean? It's so annoying because you might think, oh, you, like if you're not drinking, you need to get over it. People might, you might actually be out for three, three or four hours and you will not go six minutes without someone saying to you again. So think about it. You've only got six minutes of respite in between those questions. It might take you three minutes to mentally recover from the fact someone has just asked you for the fourth time. So like it could ruin your full night. Um, so yeah, it can be, I'll go up, I would go up to a bar in Melbourne and go, can I have uh, two, two non-alcoholic beers? And like three people around the bar would turn around and give me like a weird look and go. I don't think people actually realise how, how annoying it is. I also had like, I hadn't even stopped drinking yet, but the new year before, I was at, like, I was out at a family thing, you know, what family things are like, and uh, my non-related uncle, so, like, you know, I mean, not blood uncle, he was asked, like, we went back to his for a party, um, or a party, I mean, like, 10 people that I'm related to, like, sitting, bringing in New Year, and he spent maybe an hour straight telling me that I should drink because I was in I was in his house and I remember just making eye contact with my dad going I honestly like he knew what my eyes were doing and he was like he had to take my uncle away. Like, I don't <laughs> I'm not violent but I was losing the plot I was like mate what because I think I turned around to him I was like can you just not ask me that again and my dad was like come on and come on in here because he knew I was going to lose the fucking plot if he didn't leave me alone. Um, so, like, you can do whatever, you can use whatever tactics you want, but if if you are with, like, three or four people that are going to keep asking you that, it's really, it's borderline impossible to have even just a decent night if you're getting fired that question over and over again. Because all, all you spend your night doing is explaining why you're not drinking and to be honest, I like at the start, I was like, yeah, like you can still go out, non alcoholic beers and that. But I just kind of don't go into those environments because it's now, it's now, say I've been out in those environments 10, 15 times. I've now had 10 of them where you do, do just get that. And I'm just like, this isn't fun for me at all. Um, but I don't remotely miss it. I also don't remotely. The thing about as well is like what I'd find funny because I've got a client now who I met in Asia at the same time as I was talking about the other story. He's Irish as well, and he he stopped drinking, and he he was asking me about it and stuff, and like he would be like, "I oh, don't 
like why don't you why aren't you drinking do you not know how to have fun and what he said made me piss myself and he was like because i was like it's funny how these people presume that you've never drank before and you you don't know how to drink i'm like i've fucking spent 10 years like i feel like i've that's what i said to him i was like i feel like i have put the thickest tick in the drinking box there can be like i don't i feel like i've got a buy like a biro pen and just fucking ripped through the paper with that box and he was like i was out with like people that haven't seen me in a while or whatever and i wasn't drinking they fucking tortured me all night over it and he turned around and he was like because he lived in asia for a while and he was like lads i've i've spilt more drink in asia than you have drank and you're giving me shit for it that is if i like i don't because i'm not drinking tonight and i fucking piss myself at that because it's like i'm fucking i know what being drunk feels like you don't need to tell me that i'm missing out i know what my decision involves and I, there's a reason i'm making that decision fucking stop asking me um so yeah i just find it pretty impossible so like I went out quite a lot with my flatmates in Australia and I, every night out I had with them I had a great fucking time because they don't ask me that question and also they can still speak when they're drinking and Jordan who's one of my friends she'll fucking maybe she'll love getting her name mentioned um, but she can get up she can drink all day and she some, sometimes you can be a wee bit you know but a lot of the time she can still speak and have a normal conversation so you need people like that, otherwise it's I don't find I don't think it's worth it. Now I went to also a techno event. I don't know if you can call Tiesto techno actually. I probably just offended a load of people that are into techno, but I'm not really into techno, so I will call Tiesto techno. Um and that was hands down. The only thing more annoying than drunk people is people on drugs. I'll take drunk people over people on drugs all day. People on drugs just try to hug you, grind against you. Not for me, Tiesto also, gash, so bad, don't know why. This is what I mean, that's the lesson I learned, the biggest lesson I probably learned is stop pretending you can have a good time at these. Because see, when I see people like going to like festivals and all that sober, I'm like, I feel like you're forcing that because anytime I've done it and I also forced it and told people I was enjoying myself, I was fucking hating my life. I fucking hating it. Tiesto... I hated every second of it. It was shite. It was so bad. And I went to one in Perth as well. Um, and I, I was, I was an all, I had a decent day because some of the people I was with were sound, but it was pure shite. Like, it's just, unless you're on something or drinking, not fun, which means it's not fun, really. Um, but I suppose being on... Not that I've, I've not, not really been, I never really was into, you know, MDMA and shit, but, like, I suppose that is fun. I am not to promote drugs or anything. This is obviously, I'm talking about being 230 days sober, so if you, you're promoting drugs, I'm also promoting being sober, aren't I? Um, but, yeah, lowering, I think lowering your expectations as well with going out, like, you know what I mean about being a bit more stoic? Like, it's fucking good to go out, have dinner, like, to your mates and just chat to them for, like, two hours and have a Diet Coke. That's good. That's that's enjoyable for me. Have a really good time doing that. I don't, like, find myself fucking, but, like, rolling on the floor, 
laughing because one of my mates has fell into a bin or something. That stuff like that doesn't happen, but they're still good nights. Do you get what I mean? Um, but yeah, yeah, I find the best. It was best to actually just like try planning other things. So went camping quite a few times with my flatmates. They would have, they would usually have three or four drinks during that. That's absolutely fine to be with. That's enjoyable for me. Um, we went like, you know, like the old man bowls, just doing different stuff, trying different things and not expecting it to be the, the same as getting absolutely fucked. But also you wake up the next day absolutely fine. It it ties into like what I was saying about like the base level line of happiness. Like even your nights out are very much like just they're just good. Like and you can have a laugh, but it's never like this crazy fucking thing where you come out back with a story that you fucking had a gangbang in the ocean. You know what I mean? Not that I've had any gangbangs in the sea. Uh weird that that comes into my head that's what comes into my head so yeah I, I would for me looking into different stuff rather than be, uh, being about oh now I need to try to be sober in drinking environments find other environments that aren't drinking environments for example for me going forward I've done quite a bit of hiking I find it hard to hike and then like do a hike on a Sunday and then work on Monday I'm usually gubbed so I'm not I was looking at doing it every weekend I'm probably not going to do it every weekend um, I found I seen people playing volleyball in Shawlands the other day and I joined the group so I might look at I might actually end up playing volleyball again um, f- football f- five asides um, volleyball was great because it was a social thing so it was called social volleyball so just doing stuff like that making sure that you're not just sitting in the house and also i don't think the the best idea is to just go sober to places where people get are getting fucked it'll make you actually just uh, it's so shit that it'll drive you to drink and you're in the environment to drink so it's just a recipe for disaster um so that for me fit trying new stuff i'm probably gonna do those cold water dips because you know everyone's doing it and they're fucking do you know what i mean try that um but yeah different things for me is the way to go the big question i've been asked quite a lot um will i ever drink again now see i did i genuinely did enjoy the taste of a pint um the non-alcoholic beers we haven't really got into them too much I was frothing them at the start. I was like, yeah, it's good. It's because it tastes like beer. It's giving me that, you know, relaxing effect. If I've had a long day at work and I have one of them, I feel like it clicks me into relaxing. But then, like, I can only, I've figured out, I can only have one of them before I get dead, like, gassy. Um, and it doesn't feel great. And it ends up going into the next day, I've found as well. So, not really that big. A fan of them so the thing is i do like i do like a pint however i've spoke to quite like i bumped into someone i used to go to school with um and he had he was just approaching a year but he didn't stop bang on like the first of january and he was like i'm choking for a pint i'm absolutely choking for one and i he actually messaged me because we were going on holiday after the year had a few pints and he was like it tasted like poison so i feel like that's what's going to happen to me like 
because you're not drinking anymore. And I remember I had done it after four months and the first beer I had was disgusting. So, and I'm not craving it even remotely. And that's now been eight months. So the feeling he was getting about being choking for one, I'd feel like if it was going to happen to me, I'd already be at that stage. But I just don't, not really arsed. So I was also speaking to another friend he was like, is there any occasion where you do feel like you would drink? And that, for me, genuinely, the only thing I can think about was like a wedding. That's the only thing that I think is a big enough celebrate. Your birthday, whoever's birthday it is, don't care if it's 30th, because I'm just about to get to a year where it's going to be everyone's 30th and 28. Um, it's not, your 30th is not a big event in my life, I think. Um. But a wedding, and I like weddings, that's the only thing I can think. And even you go up down stag does, then I don't want to go on a stag. I don't want, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to bypass the stag does, man. That's the way I feel. That may be people, it may be blasphemy to some people, but I'm not, I'm not going on a four day bender. I might sound like a boring bastard, but that's, that's the way I feel. I feel like there's a lot of things in culture that, or just in general that, like, I don't want to be dragged into just for the sake of it because because that's what we do. But, like, say going on three stag do's a year when I don't want to drink, looking at that, like, three or four days of drinking, a grand or two each time, so you're talking six grand to go get fucked for four days, which is what I don't want to do and not where I want to spend my money. So I ain't going to bypass the stag do phase, bro, bros, bros. Don't know why I said bros. Don't, just don't, fa don't fancy them. Um, it'd have been a different story if I was twenty two or twenty four. I'd have fucking been straight. I'd have been straight on the, the stag do's. But yeah, even stag do's, I think I'll just not not go. Um, I'll happily do something else. I'll happily go out for dinner. I'll take you for a game of volleyball for your stag do. Um. And I've got plenty of mates that are going to invite me to them, so those are going to be interesting conversations. Those are the sort of things that probably people are interested in. How do you navigate that conversation? Because I don't have a clue. Sorry, mate, I don't want to go on your stag do because I don't want to get fucked for four days. Um, It's not actually that big a thing for me. Um, But a wedding, love, maybe only been to like three or four weddings in maybe the last three or four years, but they're always a class day, usually. Um. And like drinking will make it like that's the thing, drinking will make a night out better. Like it will, it will. Like you'll never achieve that same night out sober, but the consequences and also just like for me, it's not worth it. Um, but the, the wed a wedding is the only thing I can think about where I'd maybe drink. Oh, I'd never want my thirtieth. I don't want to drink on my on my own. Your your thirtieth is not important enough for me drinking my thirtieth. When it, ugh, why am I talking about thirtieths? Ugh, disgusting, horrible gear. But yeah, so I, I I met like maybe two or three people in the last few years that were were on this trend before it came out became a trend, and like they all said, I say I maybe know five people, like three of them. Five of them were like I, I just decided to do a year sober. Like three of them just carried on. And I feel like that might be me. I feel like even though you don't feel ridiculously better all the time, um, still get angry, still 
still have the odd low day, probably less, but you don't notice it because you're not, you'll have that elated feeling that you think is going to happen, but you don't notice it. Like, how do you, how do you go for a year and, and look back and go, oh, I had less low days or less days where I was angry? You you just won't even notice it. It's stuff. This year's probably went ridiculously better for me, but I don't, you don't notice it. There's nothing that, to quantify that and like judge it off of. Um, so for me, I, I'm, I'm edging on the side and don't know about not drinking ever again, but put it this way, I won't be drinking on the 1st of January. Def, I definitely won't be drinking on the 1st of January because it's been a year and the longer I do it, the less likely I am to go on back to it. So yeah, I'm edging on the side I won't drink for another year maybe on top of that anyway that's I think we'll call it there we did fucking waffle a load of shit quite a lot podcast is out every Tuesday at 7 in the morning if you got any questions DM me on Instagram we'll try to get back to you and I thank you for listening see you soon <laughs>